Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. 
Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Scalpel. Scalpel. Tweezers. Tweezers. Ham sandwich. Ham what? Sandwich. I was going to eat lunch when I got my oil changed earlier, but take five is so fast I didn't have time. But sir, you can't eat during surgery. Eh, one bite won't hurt. Mm. Whoops. Uh, Napkin. Napkin! At Take 5, your oil change is faster than you think. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. This is Del Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. TB, good morning to you. I got my game face on. Great day to you on a Monday. It's pretty outstanding. Wonderful day to be alive and well. Football season is upon us. Football fever is running wild. College football fever is running wild in the State's capital after Vanderbilt with a huge, resounding victory to start the season off. Bino, Jeff, I see you survived your weekend. I hope uh, rain showers came where you were and cooled things off. Where did you guys play uh, softball over the weekend, Bino? Uh, we played on the equator, Tony. Well, apparently, apparently not. Dalton, Georgia. Jeez Louise. Was it warm? Absolutely brutal, Tony. Brutal brutal be now? Just brutal. Were it you was, reevaluating was, at that point your hobby and your life's choices at some point this weekend? Uh, at that point I had no idea what my hobby or my life's choices were. <laughs> is that as is that as warm as you've been playing softball being star? Uh Tony, there's been <clears throat> 
and we played two tournaments in August in Dalton. Yes. And uh, the time before we played on a turf field, and fortunately it wasn't as hot as this past weekend, but we played in a game at 2 o'clock that Saturday that was oh. the most game I'd ever played in. This weekend on Friday we played at uh, 12.30 and 2. Then we played two early morning games on Saturday and then hit a 3 o'clock game that, uh, I mean, I was... I was seeing camels and stuff. Was out the goal there. was the goal to get the ambulance to come or uh, unbelievably Tony, the ambulance showed up one time all weekend at a senior softball tournament in the most brutal conditions I, I can I can ever remember. But uh we we made it through it. Praise God we made it through it and uh another season's behind us here. The power of hydrating, ladies and gentlemen. It's gonna be an electric game week around here. Uh, our show is now available video-wise on Twitch, ladies and germs. Has been all summer, but uh, it's now time for you to subscribe, build up our subscriber base over there. And remember, Garza Law, a fifth-quarter fan reaction when it goes live as soon as Tennessee goes final with Virginia. As the Vols improved to 1-0 and on Saturday afternoon, you'll be able to watch the show. You'll be able to watch today's show on Twitch. Plus, um, this Twitter Live X thing, X Live deal, which is the show uh, Unplugged, is a great way to consume the program. I guess they call it Twitter Spaces. And, um, you know, it's such an interesting way to consume the show because... You can hear us talk to each other during the breaks. You can hear us setting the show up. When we are interviewing guests, you can hear me traffic copping in here. You can hear Bino from time to time saying, oh, man, I'm sorry about that or whatever it is. And me telling him not to sweat it. And we, um, we really have a great time in here. So... I, I want to encourage you to uh, check us out there. You, you mentioned hydrating. Saturday afternoon in Nashville, the high is going to be 90 degrees and sunny. Perfect, Brian. You know that? So we're looking to kick off somewhere in the 80s probably. And it's going to get warmer as the game goes on. Ninety degrees and sunny, but uh, somehow we'll probably have a lightning delay. Yeah, the lightning will be in Indianapolis, and they'll have a. It'll be delayed thirty minutes. What do you guys think of uh, Illinois? What What do you guys think of that thing Saturday night? What y'all think of it? What y'all make of that? Talk to me, because I, uh, I have no idea exactly yeah. what was. I, I watched. Uh, I did get to see the the first half of yeah. uh, Vandy, Tony, but I, I didn't. I didn't know what the. I knew they were in a delay, but I didn't know the situation. So when you, they came back, it was yeah. raining, so I I figured maybe it was a uh, maybe it was a legit one, but I didn't know. I tell you a quick story. So we were playing music on a farm, 
a surprise birthday party for a fella. I, I, I even know where we were, but we were near Nashville somewhere. We got off the beaten path. Roads I've never driven on and, and, and maybe never want to be on again. Who knows? I mean, you can make that case. But at any rate, I mean, being, I'll tell you how far down we were. We got off right below Crossville and drove for like an hour and 20 minutes into the hinterlands down in there somewhere. But we were down around, you know, Nashville, and the storm clouds came rolling up. And they came to us with the radar and said, hey, because uh, we have no, when you're in a new place, and you know this from playing softball, you can look at a radar all you want, but if you've never been there, you don't understand the weather patterns. You don't know where the storms are coming from generally, where they're going. Uh, not a trained meteorologist, though I have played one on the radio. So... The folks say to us, hey, I think you guys ought to, we maybe ought to get in for the next few minutes. And so basically we took like a seven-minute break, 10-minute break, got something to eat, got all our equipment inside their house and broke it all down. And so I guess we were off for like 15 minutes, 20 minutes total by the time we got everything set back up and got something to eat and played for like, Another 90 minutes or so before calling it a night. Three hours of music plus a delay. Got back here about 2 o'clock in the morning. But here's the point. It's got to be a better way. Bino, you've had this, uh, well, two things about college football. Orange Street made a really good point, which got me to riffing on it today over at tclub.team in our free blog, which you'll find every day. But Orange Throat had a really great point which is the next time somebody gets struck by lightning at a game will be the first time and i've told the story about being a couple years ago in philly at a game where the dodgers and phillies were playing and other people that are major league baseball fans know this as well unless it's right on top of you and lightning's popping they're playing baseball games now yeah of course you know I, i i don't know all the I, I don't know all the legal ramifications of of why college football chooses to be so overly cautious. Uh, and the the truth is, they put they put people in a whole lot more harm uh, the way they do it uh, by basically having them quarantined together in some. In, in some where you can't breathe stadium where yeah. you can't breathe where yeah. heat stress is a, a true a, a, a true danger to protect them against something that's never happened not to mention Bino claustrophobia for the anxious people in the crowd like me the people that suffer with the underlying anxiety I would not do that well I would have if I were in a real hot space, confined with people all over me, I'd have like an anxiety attack from hell. I'm just telling you. Yeah. And you know that's going on. So, well, I mean, and then poor Vandy the other night. Brian, what did you think of Vanderbilt's setup with the scoreboard held up by the crane? I might I give Vandy an A for the college try. Hey, Brian, who won the bet with me and Vandy Joe uh, the other day? Uh, did they crack the 20000 mark, in well, your humble opinion, Brian? I, I don't 
I'm not sure about the attendance, but I thought the I thought the little thing where they had the little two green things in the air would be a good upright to use instead of using a regular upright. Yes, yeah, maybe Vanderbilt figured out something like a safety measure. We can suspend the uprights in all stadiums from now on. Maybe maybe after watching that CFL game last night, Brian, maybe we can have uprights that move, swing back and forth. That poor kid. Yeah, that would be that. That's even better. A kid kicking. Maybe end zones that move. Edmonton had four points last night. Abino, they kept. They had a guy that kept missing field goals. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. That was pretty cool. It was. uh, It was uh, eight to seven to two at one point. Seven to four. (laughs) You know, uh, Edmonton won their first home game in four years. So let's move along here before we kill the show, because if we talk CFL, cool, the show's going to die. What did you guys make of, Brian, I'll start with you, the Fighting Vandy Joes. What do we learn about the Fighting Vandy Joes? Because they, they played the game of the weekend. That's how bad that card was. Vanderbilt and Hawaii was the game of the weekend, unless you want to count the Ohio game. Orange Road is a great point. There's not another sport on the planet that would open a season the way college football does. But that is the most 2023 thing of all time. In because Ireland. They don't the first care. game. No, no. The whole weekend. The whole weekend sucked. Every game sucked. There's not another sport on the planet. That would open up with give me the worst give me the worst four teams, Brian, in the NBA right now. What are the worst four off top of your head? Who's really bad? Um, Built to lose. Oklahoma. Yeah, the uh, whoever the Charlotte. four are. Let's let's let, yeah. yeah let's let Charlotte open the season. Or how about this in college basketball? Instead of having some good games like they do to start the year, you know, on ESPN. Let's have some um, uh, Division One versus One AA games. What kind of a sport is that? What are they doing? We, we need a commissioner so badly in that deal. It's just not even funny. And the sport is so good that they can get away with it, Beanstar. That's how good the sport is. That's how good it is. It can get away with that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that uh, that – Throaty's right. I mean, either have a real week zero or don't have one. Either expand what you're doing, call it week one, or just wait to start. Uh, one of the two. Uh, but uh, I, I will say this, Tony. Um, I think, I think, if you guys had been outside in Dalton, Georgia, for about forty-eight hours. Uh, you, it would have been a blessing to uh, sit down somewhere and watch watch Vandy uh, and uh, and whoever the heck they played Hawaii. Well, I guess what I drew yeah. from the game is yeah. uh, Hawaii's a lot better. Timmy Chang's team is a, is a lot better. Bino, uh, Bino, we set our equipment up at I guess it was would have been like five thirty Eastern time, whatever time that is there. I don't know if I've ever felt that kind of heat before that storm came. That, hey, um, that cloud came over us like 45 minutes later. Uh, Go ahead, Brian. What I'm looking at, 
you lost your bet with Danny Joe. Twenty one thousand. Hey Brian. Hey Brian. 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 What are you, Brian? What? What are you? You doing Jimmy Rhymes here now? You going to believe what they wrote? You got to be kidding, right? There was about eleven thousand, maybe, maybe in the stands. I asked a rhetorical question, Brian. Don't don't read me Vanderbilt's propaganda. Don't don't do that on this show. Come on now. I asked you a rhetorical question, Vandy joke. They had about maybe maybe. Trust me. I watched the USFL and the XFL, and they played games for more people. They might have had 11,000 people at that game. Maybe. And I mean maybe. And I mean maybe, baby. So this weekend, Brian, who do they have? Who does Vanderbilt have this weekend in their building? I think they have an F... An F uh, they do. An F, FCS opponent. And I don't know who, who it is. Who escaped, who escaped yeah, me right yeah. now. It's a $3 get-in right now. The soccer team is going to double, double their crowd Saturday night. They're going to go head-to-head, and they're going, they're going to get doubled by the soccer team over at the fairgrounds. So there you have it. But Benny being, has Alabama, A&M. <laughs> the tie. The A&M version of the, the Aggie Tide. Aggie Tide, you know, we got lots of things to talk about. First factional, furiously, let's park here. So, Throaty says, and I want to refer to something he wrote today, because this is a theme worth watching this year as we go forward, because Tennessee's team is being held together by a group of seniors. And a group of COVID seniors. Several of these guys stuck around. And good for them. You know, they went through so much. If you're a COVID senior on this football team, you saw the thing fall apart. You saw it in really its darkest hour. And you stayed through it. And then you got to live through and be a part of one of the truly memorable seasons in Tennessee football history. I think we've counted 14 10-win years. Which is, uh, you know, they don't grow on trees around here. Even though in the 90s we thought they were forevermore, but we've learned our lesson now. The Hubber over on VolQuest had a, had a nice piece, Throat said, Friday, where he said that, and, and he made a really salient point, 10 of Tennessee's 22 starters on Saturday are going to be COVID seniors. Now, that's an advantage. And then when you count the COVID seniors that are going to play, like meaningful snaps, there's 13 of those guys. You know, that's kind of a blessing and that's kind of a curse, Bino. Because Heupel, to this point, they've swung a missed a lot on the recruiting trail. And I don't know, and that, that will become center stage uh, if, if they've got some guys that don't develop now. We are all quick to point out that guys like Davian Hobbs is going to play a bunch. Ethan Davis at tight end. Cam Seldon, somebody they feel very good about. Caleb Herring, mid-state kid, they feel very good about. Arion Carter, mid-state kid, they feel good about. But there are several players that are going to have to join them as the year goes along. 
Is that an interesting thing for Hubs to point out, Throaty to pick up on, and me elaborate on, Bino, or are we cherry-picking there? Or is that worthy of conversation? No, I think it's worthy of conversation, Tony. I, 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 I think it's... I think it's... And I know uh, Hubs is, you know, a journalist, but uh, I, I think it's... Uh, a more a fan thing to worry about players that aren't playing yet uh, when you've got more experienced players in front of them. Um, if, you, if you look at Phil Steele's experience chart, yeah, uh, this isn't an odd thing. I mean, Tennessee, as experienced as they are there, uh, they're only the sixth most experienced team in the league. So I think this is something that's happening uh, around the league. Uh, you know, at Alabama and Georgia, maybe not, because their their guys are gone after three years. So, who, uh, well, give me the um, give me the teams on the experience chart, Bino. Give me the uh, give me the top five for uh, for the sake of this conversation. This would be an interesting thing to park on. Let's see how many of these teams have upper level aspirations in college football. Go ahead. Missouri's number one. They're bottom of the barrel. Continue. Texas A&M is number two. They're middle, middle of the pack. Continue. Ole Miss is number three. They're middle of the pack. Continue. Mississippi State's number four. They're the dregs of society. Continue. Auburn's number five. They're rebuilding. That's not good. I mean, you say that, and I come back with that's not good. That list you just read me, I was waiting to hear a team on there that could play. Not a good sign. Not trying to start anything here, but that's not a good sign. Unless uh, I think, you want to tell me I, I that's a good sign. Generally speaking, Tony, generally speaking, that's always going to be the case with teams that have guys that stay four years rather than teams that the majority of guys stay three years. Okay, so... You're always going to have the, the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world that are going to be kind of down toward the bottom of that. Keep, uh, keep going through that. Run their people through in three years is supposed yeah. to four. That's really I interesting. Think it's yeah. too early to worry about that kind of oh, thing. Oh, I don't. I think that's worrying about something I don't. that's on down the line. I don't. He's, with, he's not, developed all of these players, whether they were his or not. Well, that's a good point, but not with what's going on with the offensive line. It's not too, wor- it's not too early to worry a little bit about it. It's just not. Being fair here, well, it's just not. We worried about the offensive line before last year too, and it turned out to be much better than anyone thought it was going to uh, be. Okay, now let's go back. Read me the read me from six on what the, if you don't mind, because I don't have that in front of me. That's an interesting thing you pulled up there, the Phil Steele thing. Tennessee six, LSU is seven, Vandy's eight, Kentucky's nine, South Carolina's ten. Arkansas 11, Georgia 12, Florida 13, Alabama 14. So Florida's had all that turnover, and they stink. That's weird. That's weird. Yeah, I'm just a little concerned. I'm not saying it's like five-alarm fiery, but it's certainly worth watching as the year wears along. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a question that hasn't been answered yet. Yeah. And we can, uh, and, and the other thing that's really interesting is they're really, they've really done a nice job on the defensive side of things, which, uh, a lot of the young kids that we're talking about here are, are, are younger, uh, defensive guys. They're going to get an opportunity this year. The Hobbs of the world and the Carters of the world and, 
So we'll get a chance to see, and then some of the guys in the secondary that they'll introduce as time goes along. But it's going to be, this is going to be a really, uh, locally, it's going to be an extremely interesting football season. And then from the perspective of what happens in the league, I can't ever remember a year where there's this many unanswered questions going into a football season. It's wild how everybody has question marks coming into this year. There are way more unknowns in this league than there are knowns, even among the haves. Well, especially with the transition at quarterback. Yep. Um, it, it's, I, you know, I think this is one of the most questionable years at quarterback throughout the league um, that I can remember. No doubt about it. And so all eyes Thursday night are going to be on this situation that we're going to see with Florida. Because that Florida game, now Utah right now, you want to go over to Zen and buy them. They're a seven-point favorite. They might throw a third-team quarterback out there. In fact, that's probably what's going to happen. The latest is on on Cam Moon Rising. The latest on the Cam Moon Rising is that Florida is preparing for for Cam Rising to play. Now he played in the game last year. Um even if he plays, they know he won't be a hundred percent. That's just the that's the belief throughout the industry. He last year threw for a couple hundred yards in that game, ran for 91 more. He is not going to be that kind of player if he plays. In true Florida fashion, they had a backup in Brandon Rose suffer a lacerated kidney during a scrimmage, which has left Bryson Barnes and Nate Johnson as reserves. And so that means Florida is either going to face if either a quarterback that's not 100% or a third or a fourth teamer. And, you know, the month of September looked extremely daunting to them. It still may be. Who knows? But Tennessee is probably going to be without Mays, who Matt feels like is Tennessee's second most important offensive player. And so they're going to catch a break there, it looks like. And so this sets up as a little bit of an opportunity for Florida being star. If they get rising in that game, they have a chance to hit him, test him early, however you want to put that, and um, and then get some get some wind at their back. It's an opportunity for Florida Thursday night. I'll tell you what, as much as week zero is kind of unwatchable, beginning Thursday, this first week of college football has been pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I, uh, it, it will be interesting to see how Florida bounces back. Uh, I, I know bowl games are rarely a, uh, a harbinger of things to come, yep. but I don't believe I've ever seen a Florida team look as bad as that team looked. Um, well, and now you're going to turn around and go on the road for your first game since then. You know, last year when we were talking about Utah coming into Florida and winning, I wasn't buying at all. Uh, I, I think Florida has a really difficult time uh, going to Utah and winning this year. Yep, I agree with that. But you know what? 
it all comes it, down yeah. to can Florida score though? I mean, how are they going to score enough points against maze or no maze, rising or no rising? You know what, though, Brian? Utah still got a pretty physical defense. No question about that. And they're going to they're going to hit them, and they're going to want to atone from what happened last year. But if they get a third or a fourteen quarterback out there in a game where in a in a day and age where it is all about your quarterback play, that's a tremendous break. To Bino's point, though, the nature of the Florida Gators and where their program is right now. And, Bino, did you say they're the third least experienced team in the league or second least experienced, despite having a bad team? Because generally that's not a great sign. Second least experienced, which means that they've got a bunch of unanswered questions. They look like an elite team that's had a bunch of people leave them. But they're actually not an elite team. So they just don't have experienced people. They're they're in the they're in the hinterland somewhere. I mean, Tennessee lost a bunch of really good players last year, and remained and remain extremely experienced. And thank goodness, you know, like the Ollie Lane is a great example, right? There's a guy that could have given it up. I mean, that can't be any fun to go to practice every day and play very little, and get your body all beat up. And I, I believe he's a COVID senior. He's been around here for forever. And if he's not there, you're in big, I mean big trouble. Without- yeah, and I, I will agree, Tony, that uh, it, it appears that early on in the tenure, for whatever reason, no. uh, recruiting offensive linemen has been the most difficult thing for Tennessee to do. Uh, I, I, I don't I don't know if offensive linemen just do not like uh, the pace that we play with here or what. I would have thought we would have had a lot more trouble recruiting defensive players uh, than than offensive linemen. Agreed. But that's not the way that it's turned out. No, it's really weird. It's that whole conventional wisdom thing. Um, and college football has a tendency of flipping flipping that on its head sometimes. I would have thought people would line up to play in this offense. Just everybody. Offensive linemen. Now, I would have thought defensive players would have run like hell from it. But, you know, early on, one of the things we pitched is for the development of defensive players, you're going to get a lot more reps. If you want to come play, you're going to get your reps. and You're going to get a lot more chances to put things on film in this defense and a lot more chance to develop and a lot more seat time. You know, as we as uh, as we say in music, just a lot more time to to get out there and do your thing, hone your craft. Um, well, one of the things that kind of um, tempers my anxiety uh, over the fact that we haven't had young players step up and overtake some of of the guys that were already here, e- even after a lot of attrition, is I. I just believe this is a really, really good developmental staff. And last year's class and what appears to be what they're putting together this year, I think are an upgrade of what we saw in the first couple. And you bring in better players with a developmental staff, I just think that's going to that's gonna show in the long run. I hope you're right. Because I would have thought a developmental staff would have more of their 
more of their guys uh, frontlining it right now over some of these guys. That's all. Just an observation. Hubs made the observation. And, and I don't know. I, Go ahead. Like, like Philip Fulmer said, I mean, they recruited well. <laughs> so I, I think I, that's I, right. I, I think Pruitt, I think Pruitt, yeah. Pruitt had a really, Pruitt might have had, with all the guys that left, if those guys would have stayed, he might have won. You know, if you stop and look at that for a second, Pruitt. they were going to play that goofy Pruitt. style of football, though. They were always going to play guys' yeah. 1975 offense. He was never going to give in to the need to be modern in his offense. So they were always going to get, get, get to the deal where they can only get 24 points. But he left some pretty good football players. I mean, he really did. He you knew. Know? He knew what SEC championship players looked like. Yes. From where he coached before. And I think of all the loser coaches, he actually was the best recruiter of all of them. I, I think that's right, Brian. But I, I think it's also going to be Overall. very interesting this year. Dooley was the worst. Look, in the worst way, in the worst way, they need a couple of those young offensive linemen to become players this year. Or they're going to be in a little bit of a spot. They're going to be, if they're not careful, the equivalent in 2024 of one of these NFL teams that drafts a quarterback first and then puts them around a suspect offensive line, if they're not careful. Because here's the thing about talking to some people, because they heard me talking, heard us talking about this offensive line thing next year. They said, Tony, that the, the big boy offensive linemen that jump around go to the elite teams. They go to the Ohio States, the Alabamas. That's where they go when they jump. And when you're the Tennessee range, which is to say the 10 to 15 range, which is a great look. For where we were two years ago to where we are now, to even have conversations like this is crazy. Because I'd have thought we'd just right now be fielding a team, and so did you. Anybody listen to me? So did you. So, you know, we just want to aspire to see very good things happen here, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's, um, it's interesting to stop and think about that, you know, if, if Addison Nichols, if they determine he can't play this year, and it's going to be a big year for him, they're going to have to maybe go get three guys. And they got to hit on all three. That's going to be the that's going to be really interesting. Uh, and it's worth watching as we go forward. I think it was an interesting nugget today that Orange Throat uh led with and if you want to check that out go over to our website at tclub.team and check it out as well and look it's a really interesting slate this week. He wrote about two of them. South Dakota and Missouri. Bry, do you give South Dakota a shot? Not, no, I would South Dakota State, but not South Dakota. We're not giving the Sioux a shot. No, they're the uh, they're the Dakota Light of that state. Dakota, Dakota Light State's the many national champion. Yep. It's kind of weird how the state. The schools for the state and the Dakotas are better than the the, the school name of uh, teams, but Bino, no, what I don't think South Dakota State. I don't think South Dakota can beat Missouri. No, Bino, what is Dak Prescott to make of the Cowboys getting rather aggressive and and getting Trey Lance away from San Francisco and giving him a second chance when Dak Prescott is out there saying, "Well, wait a second here. This Cooper Rush guy did a nice job as our backup." 
What, what, what do we make of that, Mino? Kind of interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it is interesting. It, uh, it, it shows that the Cowboys don't have a great deal of faith in one or the other. I would say that's true. I would say that's true. Dak Prescott's a little bit of a turnover machine at this point, and he's a little bit overrated. And the cap at the Cowboys out there covering their flank beans. That's what it looks like to me. I'm not a member of Cowboy Nation, neither are you, but it looks to me like they're covering their flank, Bean Star. Yeah, well, the the way teams run through quarterbacks now, um, it's it's probably a wise move. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. So anything that we've discussed thus far, if you want to jump in week zero, if you have any highlights from it, if you have any favorite games, I want to talk about the pace of play on the other side and the new roles and your thoughts on the new roles, which and then Josh Heupel's going to uh, jump in uh, in like a half hour or so. But the pace of play is a really interesting thing to stop and consider uh, and how it will impact us. Because it's made the games quicker. But has it made the games better? I'll ask the panel. I'll ask you. If you want to jump in, 865-200-5402. If you're one of the hundred or so folks in our room right now over on X slash Twitter spaces, raise your hand and I'll I'll pop you in. Uh, Matt hates that the games are shorter. Brian, um, Bino, he went on a rant on me, tweeted at me on Saturday, went on a rant on me. Uh, we'll talk about it on the other side. On the other side, but look, baseball shortened its game and made made itself a better product, and college football can do the same. There's no, there's no reason to be in a college football stadium for four hours and fifteen minutes for a football game, a regulation football game. As we continue with more after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. Hello, it's me, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. July reminds me of red, white, and blue. If you were born in July, your birthstone is the ruby king of the precious stones for its rarity hardness second only to diamonds we have a beautiful collection from earrings to rings modern and antique if you were born in july we'll take 10 percent off your purchase follow us on facebook and instagram this is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224.
In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Automobile Keys is a local, family-owned and operated car key programming business. Whether you need a smart key, switchblade key, key fob, transponder key, or just a basic car key replacement, we're your best choice for affordable, programmable replacement keys in minutes. Give us a call at 615-878-9087 or visit our website at automobilekeys.com. You can email us at cody at automobilekeys.com. Automobile Keys is a proud sponsor of Whitthorn Middle School football. Come by our van out front after the game and say hello. Go Tigers! Are you ready for some good old family fun? Don't miss the Murray County Fair. Coming back to Murray County Park from August 31st to September 4th. Finish the summer with an extra special time at the Murray County Fair. You'll find a free kids zone. The jump and run events will pay $12,000 in prizes, rodeo air, livestock shows, and much more. It's all the things you love, all together at the Murray County Fair. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Murray County Fair and Expo to check out all the events. We'll see you at the fair from August 31st to September 4th. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Quoting Tommy Wildfire Rich, I'm fired up for this weekend. There's just nothing like it, race fans. It's on the Basilio Show, presented by our friends Mondays. at Fleet Tire. I-275 exit 1B at East Woodland Avenue in Knoxville. Fleet Tire, I-275 exit 1B at East Woodland Avenue in Knoxville. And now, back to B. So we are uh, into our second segment, third, I don't know, third segment, whatever we're into here. And I've already had a couple of turnovers. Those of you scoring at home. And I didn't mean to sound like alarmed about Josh Heupel's. I'm not coming down on the guy. I'm not. But it's a, it's a very interesting thing to watch this year. 
the introduction of young people because it's got to happen. It's extremely important. That's an extremely important uh, part of this season as well as uh, what happens on the fields. And, and the thing you know, like Arn Sir today, Bino and Brian made a point about, and then we'll go to the phones at 865-200-540. I want to get his pace of play thing that we saw over the weekend, but he made a point about wanting to see Gaston Moore this weekend and how important it is for Gaston Moore to play. No offense, but that's pretty <laughs> far down. <laughs> that's pretty far down my priority list. There's a lot of things I'm thinking about this weekend, and no offense to Gaston Moore. I'm sure he's a great kid. He's not one of them. I've been thinking more about seeing Navy Schuler play myself. I mean, come on. Who, Bino, who do you side with, myself or Throaty, who called me today and said another ridiculous take by you? He said, run that by Matt Dixon. Matt will, Matt will rip you again, Tony. Gaston Moore? Uh, yeah, Tony, I'm uh... – <laughs> of course, uh, Throaty mentioned Nico in there, of course, before he came in with Gaston Moore. But, no, that, that's way down on my list, too, uh, seeing Gaston Moore play. Uh, if we see Gaston Moore play very much, uh, we got a lot more concerns uh, than I thought we yeah, were going to Yeah, have. we're going to go six and six. But here's the thing. And uh, yeah. I, uh, I was, um, you know, Tony, I'm, uh, uh, I also came off a little bit overly defensive. But uh, early in the year, uh, I, I don't care a whole lot about thinking about 2024 it's fair before we played our first game in fair. 2023 fair that that's and i think that is a valid point uh for next off season fair and that is a very fair criticism you in other words and i want to apologize to people because if you're listening to that and you said tony let me enjoy this season it's not a point i'm going to belabor like I'm just saying it one time on the air here. We're not going to sit around. Now, I'm going to tell you that this offensive line coming into this year is a concern, but I'm not going to sit around and beat on the lack of – we're not worrying about 2024 till we get there. So, fair point uh, by you. I don't think you came off defensive as well. You came off as somebody saying, look, dude, shut up. I want to enjoy this season, and it's a point well taken. I am not uh, – one thing we do here is we dialogue, we don't monologue, we don't scream at each other. And I I think what you say to me uh, there is a point very well taken. So, But it was an interesting thing Brent Hubbs pointed out that uh, Throat expounded on that, that we kind of got into. And if you want to read more about it, go over to tclub.team today. It's, it's extremely thought-provoking. Pace of play. So we saw... We saw a limited, obviously, card of college football in what they call week zero. Brian Hartman, what do you make of the new game with the pace of play rules and the running clock? Well, I think Notre Dame-Navy was hard to gauge there because Navy likes to run every play anyway. So that game was going to move quickly. But I think the thing that they need to really get a hold of is the replay system. I think that is what's slowing down college football games more than anything, more than halftimes, more than TV timeouts, more than anything else. It's just the fact that they need to have some kind of set of concrete way the NFL does replay. If you want to make college football like the NFL, make the college replay system like the NFL where they get, what, two challenges a half, and it goes smoother 
and you wouldn't have. I don't. I think that would cut down on the length of games just by itself if they just got a hold of the replay. Some would tell you, and I don't know anything about this, okay? But some would tell you that you have to replay every play when you have that technology because you're not dealing with the same caliber of, of, of official that you are at the NFL level. But, Bino, I think that Brian's got a wonderful point there. I think I think there's way too much stoppage in the game waiting on what replay says. They're too dependent on replay is the problem. NFL officials aren't too dependent on their replay. Nope. And, no, I agree completely yeah. with, with Brian. I, I think they need to somehow revise and refine that that system. Um, the pace of play to me, Tony, and I, um, I, I guess maybe I'm a couch casual like Matt says, uh, but I've, I've now got about a three-hour sports attention span mm-hmm. per event, um, and I, I I so enjoy uh, the changes they've made to Major League Baseball that I'm anxious to watch college football and see what I think about it. I know it's a totally different game. Yep. I've only watched one half of play so far. I could tell little to no difference uh, based on the first half of uh, Vandy and Hawaii from what I had been watching, but uh, I'll watch it for several weeks here uh, before I before I make a decision on whether I like or dislike uh, the current timing rules. I think that's a really good point, and, I, and we're going to see Tennessee play a couple of games of consequence before I gauge it, and, and it's not like I'm being myopic here, but Tennessee's one of the teams <laughs> yes. that sort of drug this thing into the four-hour, four four-hour, 15-minute regulation football game deal now let's not fool each other this stuff's made for tv it's all about television their goal is to cut down on the number i'm not called i don't shirk from this their goal is to take some of the time they're going to save and put it in commercial units so they can drive more commercial inventory into that window which is the entire reason that college football in the present age in its current form exists. So let's not lie to each other. It's not like they're going to get out in two hours and 45 minutes if that if it comes to that. Okay? The game is still going to touch three-plus hours. But to Bino's point, when I watch the Major League product, and look, I'm a traditionalist. From the word go, when I heard of the changes, I hated them. But I also admitted that something needed to be done, and I went into this season with an open mind. And i got to tell you, I was telling, I think it was Shaker last week, who says he don't watch baseball, blah, 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 everything strike out. It's not the, not the case anymore. They've taken the shift out of the game, which, Bino, I argued with you and your brother for years, which has made the game more interesting now. Because you see more runners on base. They've made the bases bigger, which is an ode to the fact that athletes are bigger than they were 150 years ago when the game first started. Which, you know what? Soon there could be a conversation, guys, about should we make the field 
and the court in basketball and football a little bigger? Because these guys are bigger now. Have you guys ever thought about that as a way to make these sports a little better? That's the truth. Well, basketball goals, you know, think about raising them maybe to 11 feet or something. No, I'm talking about expanding the courts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially, you know, yeah. Because to at some degree, I, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. At some degree, it's so clogged up. Um, <clears throat> what about that, Bino? In terms of making the bases bigger, people steal bases now. And they go for their backhand on the backside of bases. Made it a much better game. Whoever thought about, whoever thought of that, was really thinking. Real, it's really bright. Well, it's just a lot safer game too now, Tony. That that's the biggest thing with the bigger bases, and um, you know, you, and you're right about stone bases. I mean, you put uh, you they let them wear those oven mitts now, and now you got a bigger base. Uh, I would think you'd have a lot better chance of stealing a base than you used to. So there's because most places in baseball are just bang bang anyway. So Brian says, if you go to the NFL system where you're not not every play is challenged, that's going to speed your game up. Now, Brian, over the weekend, and I can't speak because I watch very moderately. I'm like Bino. I saw a half and a quarter of some other some other things. I tried to watch that Notre Dame game. And I was thinking of that song by uh, Meatloaf, I'll do anything for love, but I won't do the hat. I mean, I'm sorry. I'll do anything for love, but I ain't going to sit there and watch that crap. And I'm desperate and all that and, you know, whatever. I'll do anything for love, but I won't do the hat. Beanstar, what did you... uh, or, um, well, let's go to the phones. Because Brian's right. Brian's right about the replay. Did it come into play, Brian? While they while they sped the game up, were they waiting to replay? Did they have any, like, replays this weekend? Well, I, I can't really remember how much replay there was, but I think some of those other games still lasted around three and a half hours. I know, right. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt had it a couple didn't really, of them. Yeah, three and a half hours is probably about, you know, that's kind of where my limit is. I watched the third quarter of the Vandy game, and they had a couple of uh, one replay that they, they did where they had uh, the Swan kid, when he rolled out to the right, hit his receiver in the middle of the field up around the 50-yard line. And they took a good uh, they took a good four or five minutes to look at that, and they got the call right because he happened to squirm and pivot right at the line of scrimmage, which kept his shoulder. It was a really nice use of replay. My problem with the college replay, guys, is that it takes six or seven minutes to get a call in. And it just shouldn't be be like that. The official who made the call has to rely on somebody else to make the call. He can't look it over himself and determine if he made a mistake or not. And I don't don't care if games get shortened a little bit, but I I don't care if – they don't have to get down to three hours. Just don't take four plus. Well, if what they about, just lasted around three and a half, I'd be fine. What about this, Bino? When people say to me, people like me, what do you want them to miss calls? Because that's going to be your reply people are going to have. If you look at every play, you can't miss calls. So do you? Because in the NFL, unless you challenge it, I would say, why do these college staffs, like I ran a um, – a link today, or maybe I did, or maybe I didn't, but I saw a story over the weekend 
Ohio State has like 55 people on their football staff now. Used to have a staff of like seven. They've got like 55. These things are metastasizing in modern-day Babylon. You you can't let a couple of those GA types sit there uh, and watch the Tony, uh, And I, I know that people will tell us it's a game where you have to fight for every foot that you get, yada, yada. There are certain plays that are critical in the game that you should make sure you get right. There are others it don't make a dad gun bit of difference, whether Ooh. you're right or wrong. People aren't going to like that. Let's go back to our phones. I think he's right. We have become way too dependent on Big Brother. But let's go to the phones and get our next call in. We're getting your thoughts on the first week of college football. Hello and welcome in. Hey, guys. It's Rusty. Yo. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Yo. Um, Are you on like a speaker or an echo? You're like in an echo chamber. Go ahead, man. Is that any better? Yeah, it's a lot better. Yeah, I'm, uh, we're moving houses, and I'm I'm over here at the empty house, like cleaning and stuff. So it sounds like I'm in a in a bathroom. <laughs> um, so the games, I believe, on the, this weekend, games averaged five less plays than last year. The games were. Did Rusty like it or not, Bino? He blew himself up. Did Did he like it or not? What was your take on Rusty's call? Let's go to the phones. What do you think, Bino? Snap judgment, no replay. Did he like it or not, Bino? Uh, I, I I don't think Rusty left us intentionally. Back to the no, he did. Well, he didn't leave us intentionally, but did he like the fo- college football or not? What's he going to say when he gets back on here? Uh, that's a good question. He said there were five less plays. Yep. I'm going to say that he's okay with it. Back to the phones we go. Let's get our next call in. Who's not Rusty? Hello. Hey, Tony. This is Jagger. Hey, welcome in. Hey. Um, but, you know, I got some stats to run by you, and you tell me uh, what you think of this game. Okay. Yes, sir. The defense of this team gave up 606 yards of offense and 63 points, and your offense racked up 507 yards. And scored thirty-eight. What would you say the what's the problem of that team, Bino? Uh, I'm going to say defense was the problem. Okay, well, that was the Tennessee South Carolina game. The te- the, the total team meltdown we had, yeah. And Tony's trying to say that it was a total team meltdown, which it was a defensive meltdown, is what it was. You guys are being very selective. Offensively, we were stuck in. We weren't who we've been all year offensively either. Well, we had 500 yards of offense and 38 points. I mean, we should have won the game if you're deep. Yeah, but you you knew we were putting 55 on those guys. Come on, man. (laughs) I mean, you guys are being, to, to put it all on the defense when it was a total team collapse last year. I just don't think that's fair. Bino, I am correct. Yes, Bino? This happened after you were away last week. My disagreement uh, <laughs> with the throtaji. But I, I'm, I am correct, Bino, yes? Uh, no, I don't think so, Tony. I mean, uh, our, our, <laughs> we couldn't get their offense off the field, so I don't know what our offense was supposed to do about that. We got our first string. We got our quarterback hurt, 
in the third quarter or whenever that was. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think that you can lay every bit of that right at the defense's feet. I think it was a total team deal. Oh, it, it, it was just, I mean, and that puts a lot of pressure on your offense. No like, doubt. They're going to score every time they get the ball. And I think that contributed to them kind of being a little bit of, out of sync. But still, I mean, they did a good enough job to win the game. You just, I mean, your defense has got to be better. And it's got to be better this year. And if it's not, uh, he needs to make some changes on his staff because he can't keep playing like this. But I think it is going to be better. I think they're doing the right job recruiting, getting the right kind of players. Yes. They're the big, tall uh, corners. Yep. And they're getting the, uh, the you know, big ends, fast ends to rush. The, uh, so I want to see like a pass rush. I think that would really help us. I, I just haven't seen much of that unless we blitz, you know. I'd like to see us really – have a good pass rush off the end or inside. I think that helped our secondary out a whole lot. And hopefully, hopefully they can find it this year. The number that Matt found last week when he uh, published some stats about just the fact that Tennessee consistently did not get home at the quarterback, and at times just didn't just didn't have pressure, you know, uh, in key downs, but yet still consistently got off the field at a relatively decent rate compared to the rest of college football. It's just so hard to defend in the game anymore. That's all. No, it is. And I think, too, in that South Carolina game, we had a lot of injuries in the secondary. Yep. You know, and Yeah, and already not good secondary got beat up. That's that's a good point, too. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've I'm hoping the defense is going to be improved. And, I mean, if they can just improve a little bit, a little. Uh, they're going to be hard to handle. Because, uh, you know they're going to score the point. Well, they're going to need to be improved. See, one of the things that I'm kind of holding my hat on here that I want to say out loud, I'm glad you mentioned this, is that we've talked about the struggles of the offensive line in camp, and they are real. Like, that is a – I am not making that up. That is real. I'm trying to prepare people for the beginning of the season for what they're going to see. You might not see it in the Virginia in the first, you know, when you when the Florida game comes around if Mays isn't out there, you will notice it. The thing that I'm holding out hope is that the front seven has improved to the point where they're causing some of that. And that's the thing we don't know and won't know till we get there. But the front seven defensively has had a really good camp. Or the offensive line's that bad. It's it's one or the other, and we're going to find out. Yep. Thank you. Talk Thank you. Hey, great talking to you, and I appreciate you dragging me a little bit. Uh, I'm a, I'm what you call a big boy. I can sort of take it. We'll continue with our phone calls. If you want to jump in, 865-200-5402. Let me keep it live and legal and local. As we start hour two, sounds like we're back to Rusty. Again, I hear somebody moving in the background there. TB, is it okay that I called back? Sorry of course. That. Yeah. Now, I asked Bino if you're going to like uh, the new replay rules or dislike them. And Bino, your call was, this is without this benefit of replay here, Bino, your call was? My call was that uh, Rusty is okay with it. Okay, go ahead, Russ. I, 
it's too early to tell is my, my call right now. I mean, se- seven games you know, right. this weekend it isn't a big enough sample. We'll see. If it, if it stays what we saw this weekend where there's very little change, then I'm going to be fine with it. But if, you know, that's right. if we start seeing, if we start seeing games have 45 plays per, per team, that's going to, that's going to, you know, tick me off. I'll say this though. If they want to fix time of game, mm-hmm. get rid of faking injuries. Start oh. making it to where if a guy, start making it to where if a guy fakes an injury, he sits, or if a guy gets injured, he needs to miss the next 10 plays on his side of the ball. That way, because if somebody's really hurt enough for the staff to come out there and him to lay down, for his own safety, we need to put him on the bench to 10 plays to make sure we don't rush him back on the field. And that's all you got to do, and the, the fake injuries will stop. And that'll stop. That, I mean, the Ole Miss game two years ago lasted forever, and it wasn't because how fast we played. It was because how many times they were laying on the field with cramps. Yep. I, I feel you on that. Instant replay, the fix there is simple. Don't change anything except say the guys in the booth have 60 seconds that their TV will be on to review it, and after 60 seconds it cuts off, and if you don't have a decision, the ruling on the field stands because if you don't know in 60 seconds, it's not clear and obvious, don't change it. Ooh, I like that rule, too. I, I, lo- I love that. But Brian's right. Unless they buzz down out of the booth, and you've got a million guys on staff now, a million young coach uh, coaches in waiting, get great practice for them in the moment. They could practice all off season. That old, you make the call. You, you, you make the call. Why not have no. two or three of those guys with buzzers in their hand going, hit it, hit it, and then they're held accountable. Because if you miss, you lose your two challenges, like Brian said. That's that's what we do in baseball now. You get a couple of challenges, and you lose them. So you can't waste them. I don't love challenges. I would rather I do. be somebody somebody upstairs just says, we need to look at that. And But, they, but again, if you just eliminate how much time they have, you, I mean, we got replays that take seven minutes. If Andy Brock came here tonight, yeah, that, that thing took forever. <laughs> If you just clean those up and go with the ruling on the field, it's, it, it, it speeds up the game dramatically. Well, Rusty, you've made uh, two cogent, wonderful points. And it is hey, too early to tell because we didn't have any meaningful football over the weekend. But go ahead. A blind squirrel, man. Have a good one. Love you. Bino, you hey, uh, he called you a blind squirrel. Go ahead. It sounds like Tennessee did not release a depth chart for its season opener against Virginia. I love According hype. to Adam Sparks. I am so for hype. I am so for hype. Hype's one of these um, – hype's interesting because he – I kind of drug him today. His favorite group, according to something compiled by – oh, who was it, Brian? It's a link in the blog Brett today. McMurphy. Brett McMurphy. Brett McMurphy does this. Was Mumford and toast. Sons. What is Mumford and Sons? The most boring – and I love music. That is the most – they're like an Irish group – that's the most, and I love them. They're fine, but they ain't nobody's favorite group. They're the most boring <laughs> act on planet. Hype's kind of boring, but his games are insane. But he's kind of boring. I mean, he's never like going to wow you, which is one of the things I love about him. But his games are insanely fun. It would be interesting to make a list of people who are this way in life, that way when they get into the sports realm. This way in life, because he is an assassin when he puts his headset on. 
That thing they did, to, that thing he did to Jason Simpson when they ran the score up on them, Bino, a couple years ago down there. I mean, you talk about a guy you're not going to mess with. Yeah, Tony. I mean, he's Hopple's uh, just uh, like that anti Kevin O'Neill. Exactly. Exactly. That's exact. O'Neill had the other. That is so true. O'Neill had this insane personality. Off the court, he was great to watch. His games were sucked. <laughs> As we continue with more after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I'm a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. 
My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com. And check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. And now the best man. Uh, I was going to plan this speech out while I got my oil change, but I went to take five and it was a lot faster than I thought. So here it goes. Okay. Tim, you were my first friend. Angela, you were my first. <laughs> yeah, I never thought the two of you would make it, but I guess love really is blind. No, no, no. I mean in a good way. At Take 5, your oil change is faster than you think. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Tony, be back with you. Coach Heupel, get ready to meet the depressed over at the University of Tennessee. The Vols and Virginia this weekend down in Nashville. A game that was originally going to be Tennessee at BYU. Virginia choosing to jump into the slot with Tennessee when Tennessee uh, got out of the uh, BYU contract, the home-and-home. Home. Paid a couple million dollars, bought their way out. And sadly, Virginia had what happened last year. And I wonder if Josh Heupel says something about that here at the uh, press conference for that. I would imagine he would. Uh, it would be in keeping with... Um, uh, wishing that program well as they uh, get ready to play them. Uh, I would imagine that he would uh, he would say something about went on. But we're we're waiting to waiting for him to take the podium. Bino, I, I would think that he would say something about that. What do you think? Now that we're here, he he's he he's a pretty sharp, caring guy. Tom, yeah. So I I would be surprised if he didn't. And, and by the way, if he omits it or neglects to say something oh, about yeah. it doesn't mean he's not a sharp caring guy but generally he's a really intelligent pretty buttoned up pretty classy uh a lot of guys probably wouldn't say anything i think he's one that i would take the over on him saying something here so we'll um we'll we'll await him and um I guess as we await him, why don't we just go back to the phones? Because he's a little late getting to where he's going. So let's get our next call in, and we can always stop during a call. When he pops in and when news breaks out, we'll break in. Hello and welcome into our next call. You're live on the air. Morning, Tony. This is uh, Jason from Florence. Hey, Jason in Florence. Welcome in. Yeah, looking forward to the uh, game this this weekend, uh, like all the Wall fans are, but... uh, one, uh, one thing that you've been talking about a lot, uh, concern, doesn't concern me quite as much as I think it does you, and that's the offensive line. And the reason it doesn't is Hypo's offense. I mean, he, 
his offense is it's a positive for our offensive line. And I think if you were talking about a conventional offense like maybe even Georgia or Alabama, it'd be a big concern. But they play so fast, you got to tell, you got to know it helps the offensive line because that defensive line can't get set. They don't know what's com- coming at them. Offensive knows. I just think. It's conducive. Here, here's Josh Heupel. Thank you. Thank you, brother. We'll pick that up in a second. Stay right there. Here we go. Families going through. Ben, somebody that, uh, you know, here locally uh, impacted a lot of people and, and uh, stood for the things that were right. And, and uh, so I wanted to express my condolences to them. Also, uh, Coach Fulmer, continue to wish him a, a speedy and uh, well recovery. Uh, texted back and forth with him. Seems to be doing uh, really well and in good spirits. So look forward to having him uh, get healthy and, and get back around. Um, you know, the best five words in, in Tennessee is it's football time in Tennessee and uh, officially game week. Looking forward to the opportunity of going and playing with uh, with this program. Uh, it's awesome that we get an opportunity to start inside of Mid-State. Uh, huge fan following there. Um, but uh, you look at the opportunity we have. We've got a great opponent. Um, we're SEC uh, nation's going to be there, national TV audience, as we kick off the uh, the 23 season. So, looking forward to uh, to being there, having an opportunity to recruit on Friday night as well, and uh, continue to uh, to showcase ourselves in front of the entire country. But have uh, our followers in Mid-State have an opportunity to to host us there. So, looking forward to that. Uh, ready to kick off. Uh, time to go play. Um, I'm here, and I'm going to say a bunch of words, but it's time to go play. So with that, I'll open it up. Questions? Uh, Josh, especially in an opener on offense, is execution the top priority, or is tempo the top priority, or what's the relationship between those two? Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, at the end of the day, uh, execution is paramount. It doesn't matter how fast you play if you're not executing. Uh, but I think in openers, all three phases of the game, uh, you have a game plan. Everybody's had you know seven plus months of, of an opportunity to you know subtly change who they are. Personnel is going to be different. Uh, you have to do a really good job of adjusting. Um, you know, you play your core principles in all three phases. Players got to be able to communicate, adjust. Uh, in-game adjustments are paramount in this too. So as you go to the sidelines, uh, absolutely critical that uh, the, you know our staff and players do a great job. How do you feel about your return game going into the season? Uh, excited about uh, the guys that we have there, uh, but also you know we've talked a lot about the depth of our program. You know how it's continued to grow over the three years here. Um, that shows up in, in special teams a bunch too. So we got guys that are ready to compete. Um, you know, play as hard as they can on those plays, but play with great fundamentals and technique. I uh, feel like that has an opportunity to help us in our cover units, but certainly the return game as well. Last Monday we talked about the awkwardness of, of the week before the week, uh, I guess, but you talked about how you still needed to approach it in a proper way. Do you feel like you all took advantage of, of that, that week before the week last week? Yeah, I do. Uh, I feel like our guys were... Um, you know, dialed in, uh, did the things that we were asking them to. Uh, we moved ahead with a little bit of uh, preparation uh, for this coming Saturday, uh, but we still did a lot of really good, uh, good on good work uh, throughout the course of it too. And you know, every player inside of your program has got to continue to grow. Good teams do that throughout the course of the season. So, you know, for us, that that week before the week is as important as any other week. Looking at Virginia, new quarterback wasn't there last year, but when you evaluate his film, what is 
he bring to the table and the rest of that skill uh, on offense? Yeah, been a really good decision maker, uh, throwing for a bunch of yards. Um, you know, has good uh, pocket awareness. You know, him being in week one, year one within their system. Um, you know, one of the new things that they do to try to put him in a position, we'll find out on game day. Um, but a guy that's played, you know, really good football at a high level and been a good decision maker. So for us, we got to do a great job of, of handling the run game. Uh, we got to apply pressure that can do with our pressure package, but it can also just be with our front four. We got to make him uncomfortable inside the pocket. So what stands out about Virginia's defense? Well, uh, they do have some new traffer, uh, transfers, in particular on the back end. Um, they have uh, experience in their, their front seven. Um, you know, they're doing a good job against the run. Um, we got to do a really good job of being dialed into, you know, our protections, our run schemes, make sure we're targeting the right people. Uh, you know, the questions brought up earlier, um, you know, do our assignments, handle our assignments at a really uh, high level, uh, be really good in our communication, and uh, go execute. When we last talked about the wide receiver unit, you mentioned there being a lot of flexibility when it comes to rotating those guys. There's clearly experience there, but maybe who's maybe showing up to be that one-two kind of guy for you? Well, we've had a lot of guys that have played really good football for us. Ramel, um, you know, played the really the last eight, nine weeks of the season for us. Um, on the right side, Brew McCoy's played at a really high level. Squirrel White, when given the opportunity last year. Um, you know, played extremely well. Dante's continued to come on, and then two young guys that, that I've talked about, uh, Caleb Webb, Chaz Nimrod, uh, we feel really confident about the growth that they've had inside the program, their ability to go play at a high level. 2021, your first year, Joe Milton was your starting quarterback that year. Now, t two years later, he has that opportunity again, stuck with the program, worked hard to get back to this chance. To, be, to see him have this opportunity again, what does that mean to you? Excited for him. Uh, he's a guy that um, you know did it the right way uh, when it didn't go his way uh, early on. Um, you know, he looked at himself. Here's how I need to continue to improve to get better. Trusted his coaches, uh, the program, uh, believed in the guys around him too. Inside of the locker room, uh, has put himself in a position to play at a really high level because of the work ethic that he's had in, inside of our program. Um, you know, really, um, you know, the back half of, of that first season. Um, he's become very mature in who he is, what he's about, how he's going to work, how he's going to impact his teammates, uh, the leadership role. It's not just, you know, uh, going into the Orange Bowl. Uh, he's been that guy for a long time inside of our program. So uh, someone that's continued to grow, has great understanding of, of defensive alignments, which allows us to communicate and adjust really quickly with him. I think that's really important. It has complete command of, of what we're doing offensively, too. Coach, just um, offensive line wise, any update on Cooper and what's it, what's it look like there? Yeah, uh, Cooper, we'll find out here as, as the week goes on, uh, his availability in this one. Um, you know, we've had, you know, two and a half, three weeks of uh, different guys having the opportunity to, to play on the interior if he's not able to go. And I uh, feel really confident in those guys. Where are you in the secondary? I know coaches talked about rotating a lot back there. How challenging or how comfortable do you feel rotating? How deep do you think you can go there? And even with the offensive line, how deep can you go there? Yeah, um, you know, the, the second level or second and third levels, I should say, we got nicked up a little bit um, in, in the middle part of training camp. I know you guys saw a little bit of that. Those guys are all back and healthy. They've been with us all of last week as well. Gotten really good work. Uh, that gives us the ability to, to rotate on the back end. Um, you know, we have a plan. We'll see how it unfolds on, on game day, but expect to see a lot of people uh, rotating in. Uh, Strip corner, safety, and the nickel spot. 
uh, as we go there. Uh, the second part of your question. Yeah, uh, well, I do feel good about, you know, the, the development of our young guys. Uh, some of the guys that have had experience, uh, plan on uh, rotating some of those guys um, at the guards and tackle position on uh, this first one as well. Josh, how important was it for you, for, for John Campbell to come in and maybe give you guys some clarity at those tackle spots? Well, absolutely. Uh, competition uh, to earn a starting spot and, and uh, play at a championship level. Uh, his maturity, the amount of football that he's played, all uh, certainly help us. And uh, he's had a great camp. Um, you know, we got great trust in him, and, and uh, he's played at a really high level. I guess a little bit off the field, this will be Virginia's first game back since the tragic shootings. Just is there anything that this team will do to either show respect or just kind of what do you think it might mean for that team to get back onto the field and just knowing the power of sports? Yeah, obviously a, a horrific tragedy that took place there uh, on their campus. Um, you know, they've had a long time to, you know, try to grow through that. And, and um, um, you also recognize, you know, what happened. And so uh, there'll be a moment of silence uh, before kickoff. And then uh, we'll, we'll wear a decal uh, of the three individuals uh, that lost their lives on the back of the helmet. Easy week one. All right. Come on. And there you have it. As Tennessee says, they're going to uh, wear a decal on the back of their helmet. Uh, and Josh Heupel's in first week press conference, first game, is now in the books. And he's not, he's not, he is very, 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 very guarded when it comes to the injuries. He gives nothing away. So none of that is very surprising to me, but we'll go back to the phones. Cooper Mays has as much chance of playing in that game Saturday as I do, but hey, it's all fun and games. And, uh, anything else of note that he said, uh, I don't know, not really, um, but it's a, you know, it was a pretty drama-free camp. You know who your quarterback was going to be. You know that in the secondary, they're going to introduce young guys as they go, and he sounds like a pretty confident coach. Very classy move by Tennessee to wear the decal uh, on their helmets of the three kids that perished. I, I don't think i ever remember that happening here maybe it has if it has it slipped my mind and i apologize Bino and bride you guys ever remember tennessee doing something something like that for uh, a team they're going to face if they did it might have been during the beer barrel when they had the kentucky had yep. the kid that was might have been be the only time i don't know if they did or not though might have been but there could have been then i think that's probably uh, true I, I do not remember a time when that happened, Tony, uh, but uh, there's a whole lot of things I don't remember. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. But the three kids that were slain in that senseless tragedy, he also talked about at the top, and we were joined late um, on our feed, uh, that senseless tragedy that occurred on Kingston Pike last week. When that person loaded on drugs, ran over the 
24-year-old son of Tennessee swim coach. There's a lot of things in this world that me as a person of faith just, I just can't understand. And I, I will put that one up right up toward the top of the list. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, with you, Tony. I mean, that is just, hmm. Because if you play the tape out, well, I don't even want to get into it. People know what I'm thinking. I'm going to leave well enough alone here. Um, let's go back to our phones. I believe over here we were visiting with a fellow regarding the offensive line, and perhaps that fellow is still there or maybe somebody different. But hello and welcome into our next call on a Monday. Yeah, I'm still here, Tom. Go ahead. Yeah, I just, you know, I don't know if you understood where I was going, but I, I just think I'm not as concerned about the line as, as uh, you seem to be. Uh, I mean, certainly it's a concern, so it's the defensive backfield seem to be, you know, pretty good shape in all the other positions. But anyway, I, the offensive line, I just think they'll do well. I think that, you know, the offense, just, his style of offense is just con- conducive to, to the offensive line. uh you know, playing playing well, and I think even though we are, you know we've lost a couple of good ball players from that division, and Cooper might not be ready, but uh, I, don't, I don't look for that to be a big concern. So anyway, uh, one thing I do want to uh, I, I thought was interesting is uh, I go on two forty seven, and I've seen some a lot of comments on the uh, people that came out before during Dooley's and. Butches and um, puts tenders there that, you know, after the first couple of years, they would say, you know, he really gets it. Well, I never said that, but I can tell you one thing right now. Josh Heifel gets it. He is a class act, and I don't mean just as a football coach, as an individual. That guy is a real positive to the University of Tennessee. And certainly, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been, Lots of fun watching him win under him, and I. But I tell you, he, you know, even if even if he hadn't been successful as he has been, uh, he he's a he's just a class act. So anyway, thank you, brother. Yeah, I, I think I you, guys have a great you too, man. Uh, his comments opening that thing up about the swim coach's son, and then about wishing Coach Fulmer well are. Um, you know, terrific. And then he went on. I guess he knew he was going to be asked about the Virginia deal in terms of how to handle that. But the fact that Tennessee's doing that, which you know comes from him, uh, they're going to observe a moment of silence. And then, you know, the and, and the gal that asked the question, that's a great way of putting it, the healing nature of sport. Look, I'll never forget the 9-11 thing. And when uh, Jack Buck sat there and read that poem in St. Louis, when we got back to baseball, and Bino happened to be up in New York City as part of the cleanup for that, and that was 22 years ago already, Bino, 22 years ago. But Bino happened to be in New York City at the time, were you there the night Brocious hit that home run, or am I imagining that, Bino, and people were crying in the stands? Didn't you say that? 
Yes. Yes, I, I saw game game five of the 2001 World Series. Uh, the the only the only sporting event I've ever been to that you could just feel it was a whole lot more than a sporting event. This was about life and recovery. And the healing nature of the Virginia program and everything those kids have been through, I mean, how can you not cheer for them? Let's go back to the phones. They they had to shut it down. I think they missed their last two games last season, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, you've said it a whole lot of times about Hypo, Tony, and, you, and your your terminology is perfect. It's just uh, he he has an emotional intelligence about him uh, that we haven't seen. I think he also has a wider view uh, of the world than what goes on in his football program, more so than some guys we've yep. had before him. Well, more so than most coaches. I think most coaches, if you gave them like a civics test or. Like if you were to ask Saban who's your sta- who's your senator, he would know that because uh, they went up to Washington to try to fight the NIL. But before that, would he have known it? Who knows? If you were to ask Saban at times who pres who the president was, he probably wouldn't know. I think Dooley had a pretty good worldview, didn't he? I think Dooley was a moron. Let's go back to the. Where's Rommel done? Hello and welcome into our next call on a, on your Monday edition. Welcome in. Hi. Yeah, I love Josh Heifel, Tony. I love him. He's a, he is a breath of fresh air. Yeah, he's a good one, man. Uh, not just on the football field. That's right. But on the football field, how does it feel to know on every Saturday you got a chance? How long's it been since you could say that here? I don't know. Because when you when you play offense the way they want to now, whether or not they're able to do that with their makeshift line right now, who knows? But when you're when you're firing on all cylinders offensively, you're pretty tough to beat when you're them. Because if, yeah, you, slip on, if you, you slip on if you slip on offense. Oh, no question, because if you slip on offense and you're one of the elites on our schedule, Tennessee Tennessee could really pop you. Uh, I just love him, Tony. He's a, a good man and represents the university well. You know, what I like about him most, well, I don't know most, but he treats everybody with respect, you know? I think that's well put, man. I mean, because, not the because, players, yeah, yep. The, the the office personnel, the families yep. of the players. I mean, every time you read about him, the recruits come in; they just rave. The families rave about him. You know, he doesn't get every one of them, of course. There's sure. NIL and other things. But sure. Every everybody has a good time at, when they come to Tennessee now. Well, and the other thing, and I pointed this out in the blog today. You know, just trying to be fair. In one sense, it's not a great sign that you have so many COVID seniors that are at the front of your deal right now. It's not. But in another sense, it's a great sign because if you were a horse's rear end, you would have either run those guys out of there or they would have left on their own accord. The fact that so many, 13 or 14, the fact that so many guys are still here 
in this day and age is an incredible sign for the type of person that Josh Heupel is and his coaching staff because they don't MF people, man. You know, it reminds me of uh, when the Jerry Glanville story when when Jerry was living here and he came on the air and told he told that story on the air about uh, about Butch Jones and practice and Butch Jones on that stupid microphone and you think Butch Jones being is still doing that stuff at Arkansas with the microphone and putting on a show you think he's still doing those things or you think he learned from it? No, no, I I think uh, Butch Jones is a is the one true believer in Butch Jones because. The, the story goes, and and Jerry Glanville said it on here, and, and that's right, the Jerry Glanville, for people who just found the show, uh, used to be on the show a bunch with us, all the time, really. And Jerry said, uh, you know, so he invited me to be a, you know, a special guest at practice. And he comes up to me afterwards and says, Coach, what would you think of that? And Jerry said, do you really want my opinion? And he said, yeah, that's why I'm asking you. Do you really want my opinion? Yeah, that's why I'm asking you. And Jerry Jerry said, well, a couple things. First of all, you're wasting all that time on that headset, and you're just, I don't even know what you're doing, but you're wasting a lot of time. Second thing is, I coached 30-plus years, 35 years in the NFL, and never MF'd one player, and I heard that a bunch at this practice today from your coaches. I don't think that's coaching. He said, I never got invited back. Heupel and his guys, don't they don't treat people like that. They treat people like pro coaches do. That's why I think that he's the perfect coach. Now, they didn't hire him knowing that the courts were going to do this, but he's the perfect coach to be here during the NIL era through this transition. You couldn't have drawn that up any better with his approach to the modern athlete in this game. You could not have scripted that any better if you were Tennessee. And, and nobody knew when he was hired what the courts were getting ready to do. Nobody. That was just because uh, under the old system, the knock on him was he wasn't a great recruiter and he wasn't a, a guy that was going to beat the bushes for you and those things. And maybe those things are true, but those things don't matter anymore uh, with Tennessee's robust NIL program. They just don't. You know, that last statement you made, Tony, I, I don't think that's true because I read a story about that and some – Florida right there were some circumstances in that last year he was at Central Florida. Oh, I'm not talking about his time. No, I'm talking about his time at Oklahoma, his time at Missouri, and his time at Central Florida. I'm not. You can do that if you want. If you want to be um, whatever the word is, erase all that history. I, I don't do that. I'm talking about what was said about him at his other places, but that's fine. You can You can live in that world. That's cool. No, I'm not. I'm just saying what I read on a story. Yeah, the writer. it's fine. I'm just telling in you. Central I'm, Florida. I'm counting the Missouri, the Oklahoma. He was never known as one of these uh, addictive recruiting types. But here you don't have to be, because and you heard him say, "We're I'm going to go on the road Friday night." He's working at it here, and and they're going to work effectively because they have rocket fuel. They they've well, think they, about this. They can pay players. They got a noon game the next day. And they're going to be out the night before. Sure, Absolutely, like Tony Valls does, man. These guys work really hard behind the scenes. And it's not a lot of time around your family once the clock starts. 
it's a tough life. It really is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Tony. Tony Valve does no wrong in your eyes. <laughs> well, maybe some of his in-game coaching. <laughs> what, 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 I don't understand what you said, Tony. I, no, I'm just saying, well, you Tony. You Tony, you kind of slide. You're sliding uh, Josh Apple's past history recruiting, but Tony Valls. Well, Tony's reputation. Like Tony Valls. But Tony's reputation before he got here was he's married to the. Sport. I know what his reputation was, Tony. Well, I don't understand. No, you're wanting to selectively remove the fact that the guy had a reputation that was pretty well earned. You can sigh all you want. I mean. Tony. All of us thought, all of us thought when this guy was hired, he'd be short-term. But he's the perfect coach because we're in the NIL era. He's perfect. But you I can acknowledge that that was a part of his past. You don't have to whitewash it, Freddie Jack. Come on now. Tony, Tony, I was just making a statement. I wasn't trying to do anything. Oh. Uh, as, as far as respecting uh, people, uh, you might need to take notes from Josh Heifel. Uh, Bino, did you... You didn't listen to Friday's show, did you? Uh, no, I didn't get an opportunity to listen, Freddie Jack. I was too busy <laughs> well, being boiled like a lobster. Yeah, I know you're down there playing softball, but uh, I uh, came to Tony's defense on the uh, South Carolina game. Thank Everybody you. Pounding on him. Thank you. And then, and then, I called him the Lionel Messi of sports talk, and I was serious. I wanted to have a tender moment with him. And uh, what does he do after my call? I'd say he ripped you a new one, Freddie Probably thank you for your phone call would be my guess. No, you said you you were talking to Joshy boy, and you called me an empty barrel. Make the loudest noise. (laughs) That's not funny, man. That's a cheap shot. That's what you said. That sounds like something Joshy Boy would after say. I call, after I called him Lionel Messi, the goat, I called him the goat. Actually, actually, you're on all sides of all issues because a week before that, when Bino was in that chair, you <laughs> called me minute steak and him filet mignon. Tony, you keep getting that bit wrong. I I say you're the goat, but uh, I I said Bino was prime rib. And you were spaghettios and meatballs. And you're out of here. Because that's racist. You can't say that to me. That's a Italian slur on my people. Spaghettios and meatballs. I keep wanting to make it I keep wanting to make it something more politically correct, Bino, and he keeps wanting to call me spaghettios and meatballs. <laughs> he didn't give you spaghetti, he just gave you spaghetti hopes. But I had to blow you up today, man. Because you're the one that needs to learn how to treat people, not me. You can't come on here and say that about me. This is 2023, brah. We've evolved. I mean, I haven't, but come back, get some more calls in. Let's have some fun on a Monday. You believe that the real games begin on Florida is going to get in action on Thursday, y'all's. So we continue with more after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. 
celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day -day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. 
I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. The fair is back. Murray County Fair returns August 31st to September 4th. Rodeo Air, Jump and Run competitions, and motocross. Check out live exotic animals and science shows in the free kids zone. And enjoy all the carnival rides, games, and food you know and love. Livestock shows, exhibitor competitions, the rodeo, and so much more. Don't miss the Murray County Fair, August 31st to September 4th. On Facebook and Instagram at Murray County Fair and Exposition and online at murraycountyfair.com. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. And I am B, and we are back with you. We're really, really excited for our college football season in this Tennessee season, and Josh Heupel sounded excited a little while ago on the program, and I was, um, I don't know, I was being sort of uh, a whiny to start the program, so I apologize for that. I've been apologizing all day. Have I apologized enough being there for being whiny? Yes, Tony. Yes. But Freddie Jack apologize more than enough. Freddie Jack, you're a goofball. So let's go back to our phones. And I'm not I'm not sorry for blasting you in our last segment. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hello, Tony B. Hey Richard. Hey Richard, welcome in. Yes, yeah, been a while, man since we've talked so but been listening some just really really busy so much going on in life but uh hey it's football time in tennessee like josh apple said just a while ago in his um statement it is football week exciting uh the mid-state down here we're excited about the big orange rolling in this week and uh uh gonna be a lot of festivities in downtown nashville gonna be a lot of fun Hopefully no uh, uh, lightning delays of 90 minutes. How close are you, Richard, to Vanderbilt, and was that warranted what they did the other night in your mind? Uh, I'm almost – I'm in between. I'm in the county of uh, in Rutherford, so Smyrna and Murfreesboro. We're kind of in the county area. And I was like, okay, where's the lightning at? But, you know, we had a little rain. It was scattered pockets of some uh, some lightning and some rain. Just was kind of in individual little small spots and – so I guess there was just enough close to them that they had to do that. So, hey Richard, I got a quick question for you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just I'm just an old East Tennessee boy. Never been anywhere else, and never was crazy about the neutral site game at, at Memphis, the annual game there when I was a kid. Never been crazy about these neutral site uh, openers. I've been to a couple, but but what do those mean to say? Ball fans from Middle Tennessee. Well, uh, for for the fans that don't want to get in the car and drive two and a half hours up the interstate, it means a lot because you know they can sleep in their own house. Uh, they can get up in the morning, get down to uh, Nashville, enjoy uh, time out on the town, um, and um, and just to enjoy again the full day of the Big Orange coming in, the festivities, the pep band, everything that goes into it and then being here in nashville is big and of course with middle tennessee and in the footprint of, of football improving um every year and the amount of high school kids that continue to move in here and 
athletes that continue to move here uh, means a lot. I mean, you've got two of the best quarterbacks in the junior class playing right here in Middle Tennessee now, and one of them actually is, you know, may be considered the best quarterback next year in the country. And um, so I can promise you, I'm not sure. I hadn't looked at the high school schedule, but I'm sure they're, you know, Tennessee's going to be at Brentwood Academy and David Lipscomb's games. I'll have people there because both of us quarterbacks play there and just other future players. So, yeah, uh means a lot. And uh, I think going forward, Bino, in the future, when they build the brand-new stadium and you have that state-of-the-art stadium, it probably mean meaning even more just because of that new stadium and how it's going to be, the retroact design of it, just it's it's incredible. Uh, if anybody hadn't seen it, it's just amazing architect design of a new stadium and everything it's going to have. It's going to be amazing. Brian Hartman, I'll have to give him credit when that happens. Yes. How about that, Brian? You're going to have to give the title credit, uh, Brian, when that I happens. credit to the new turf that they have on the field there. It isn't all, you know, it's, it looks weird to me. Yeah, well, Coach, yeah, it does. <laughs> You're right. It just didn't. It didn't look like the same stadium. The turf just made no. that much difference. Oh, absolutely. And they just had too many events in it. I mean, you know, when you having concerts all summer long, and you're going in your and you're going on the natural grass, and then you're trying to play football with the Titans and TSU and and then bowl game. It was just too much uh, to have uh, real grass on that field, man. It was impossible. And so this this was smartest decision they made they should have done it years ago i don't know why they took so long um you know especially the way they're using their stadium so but uh but yeah well, especially excited. right now they're going to get a new one <laughs> they waited till it oh. was almost done oh yeah yeah absolutely so um you know tony uh season expectations you know i ain't had a chance to talk to you completely about it um i got a couple of things one uh i'm kind of waffling between that nine and three and ten and two season um, I understand our roster is better overall, but I also understand there's weaknesses within it, and we're not at that point. We're not like Georgia that could go out to Missouri last year and completely not show up for a game and still win it, even though they, they didn't play very well. They, you know, they still came back and won the game because they just had that much more talent. We're not at a level where we can just roll the football out there and expect to win. We, we still got to go out and execute. Um, but there are a lot of things about our roster I do like that are better than last year's roster. Some things that I don't like as much about uh, this team as last year's roster. So it kind of, you're better here, but you may be a little take a step back here. And to me, it kind of, uh, puts on the exact kind of like the team was last year. We, we went 10 and two, uh, but we could have been nine and three last year as well. There was a couple of games that were like that. So you, so I'm I'm kind of in that position again, trying to figure out you know where this team is is going to head. Yeah, I'm inclined um, to agree overall. with you. I'm inclined to agree with that. My, I guess my number is nine and three, um, simply because I, I look. I, I I love this head coach, but I just believe that uh, at some point that lack of line depth is going to come home to play in this league, where you live on the razor's edge, and when you have to stay a hundred percent healthy, uh, you know. That is a. I think that's a risky proposition to a- have to do that. And um, I'm telling you right now, that's the case uh, with where well, they are. Most of college football, very few teams. Throw that's out a good there point. Five or six really good offensive linemen that are ready to just really play well. It's the hardest, Tony. It's the hardest position on the football field to develop and play, and it does take time for young kids to develop and learn. Very few kids can come in and just get it their first year 
and excel at it. It, 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 it takes a lot. Look at our game last year at LSU when we dominated. Um, our defense had a great game. Who did they victimize? Two true freshmen that were not ready to play, even though they're talented, and we just victimized them yep. the whole game. It, it's just so difficult. Well, and it takes a lot of development. Richard, you're my man. Thank you, brother. Great. Always good talking to you. Uh, I, Thank you, my man. I cannot believe that we're out of time. This has slipped up on me.